Welcome back to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about all of your favorite ongoing Japanese manga. My name is Bruce. I am the proprietor of the White Gray Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is my partner in mayhem, Gautam. What's up, people? This week, we are focusing on the end of one of the most fantastic fantasy manga of the last decade, Ryoko Kui's Delicious in Dungeon. Additionally, we're going to see what all the hype around Kagurabachi was about and see if it was warranted. And we'll finish off with a weird little chapter one called Daddy and Buddy, where knowing gymnastics is a superpower. All that, manga news, and more coming right up. Let's start with the end. Let's start with Rokokui's Dungeon Meshi, Delicious in Dungeon, which had its final chapter right about six days ago or so. Um, this is a this is a series for the books. This is it amazing, is. substantial. Gautam, I, I grabbed a bunch of pictures from the chapter. I don't even know if we need or want to go through them. Um, tell me about how you came across Dungeon Meshi, how you liked it, and what you thought about the final chapter here and the ending as a whole. You know what? I don't even think we need the picks because I, yeah. I like, we know that this is just an encapsulation of everything we've read so far, and it it ended so good. It was it was it was perfect, man. Uh, it, what a charming and fucking delightful series Dungeon Meshi was. Uh, I hope we I hope we see it like pop off and hit the mainstream when the anime comes up. It's going to, I mean, it's yeah. studio trigger. It's coming in January. I want to say I, it's going to be big and it's, it's finished. So it's going to sell boatloads of volumes. Yeah, this is, this is going to be, I hope this is going to be really big. Although I will say, well, I don't know the, the very first, like 15 chapters are not my favorite, but I think the first season should cover more than that. So I think it'll be, it'll be good. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, you know, you know what, before we get into the nitty gritty, uh, how did you like it? I loved it. I think this series is great. I think Ryoko Kui is a talent to never stop paying attention to. I hope she comes back and does another manga. I think this is, I think this proves again how long a manga should be. This is around mm-hmm. the same length as something like Full Metal Alchemist. Bro- or I always, I always want to call it Brotherhood, but it's just Full Metal Alchemist if it's a manga, um, right? It's like it's in that sort of ninety to one hundred chapters long. You know, ninety to sort of one hundred ten, one hundred twenty chapters long. Um, you know, it has clear progression throughout it. It just, it moves. The characters are great. This is, you know, Ryo Kukui is one of the greatest character, uh, visual character designers, explorers. I don't know what you want to call it. Um, and the ending is great. They, it, the ending took, you know, the last four or five chapters, I want to say, which is great. There's plenty of time to breathe, plenty of time to resolve everything. Everything comes sort of full circle, it it sort of winks and nods at you and tells you what the theme of it is, which I didn't don't know if it was necessarily needed, but is is appreciated that in case you missed it, I think this chapter just comes out and tell you sort of like, uh, you know, eating is about you know, eating is for the living and not for the dying, and it, it's a manga about eating. It's not a manga about cooking, which I think is when you go into it, you think oh, it's kind of, like kind of a cooking manga. They kind of talk about cooking, but. Uh, you realize by the end of it that it's actually more about the act of consumption and the act of uh, where does our food come from? How does it ties together? What does eating mean? What does eating with another person mean? What does sharing a meal? It's it's a weird thing where it's like it's it's an eating manga. 
which is a strange yeah. thing to say. But I mean, it's great. It's it's wonderful. It's one of I mean, absolutely stellar. Loved every minute of it. Yeah, I I cannot sing its praises quite enough. And sad that it's over. Me too. And you know, we didn't get to talk about this chapter when it came out. I absolutely fucking adore uh, the plot point of them eating the final villain. Uh, yeah. Of well, eating the final villain and saving her sister by eating her. You know, like just yes. <laughs> it's, well, and that's it's all it's eating based tactics. It's great. Exactly. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is that it's it's the like I said, the chapter kind of winks, nods, and tells you like, haha, it's about eating. Um, but yeah, it's very interesting that it isn't. I don't know, I'm trying to think. How do I even say it? It's interesting that it's about that they yeah that eating is like maybe the most key plot point of the entire story is like they eat you know they eat the they eat the sisters dragon parts and they try to do that twice and they eat the main bad guy in order to make it go away and they eat you know it's yeah like you said it's it's super interesting and and weird but also poignant as a theme so thematically yeah it's so good because it enables all of like the emotional beats like you know like this is the perfect D&D manga I've said over and over. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hits like so many great emotional beats, has amazing and nuanced characters, but they still stick to their goofy theme all the way through. And after like, this sounds funny when we say it, like it's about eating your sister, eating the final boss. It's like, it stops being funny, really. Or it stops being like, wow, this is just goofy bullshit and starts being like, oh, that's, that's great. That's just great writing. Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, it's it's again like thematically one of the. Uh, it's just like this is one of the strongest thematic manga I've ever read. Of like where it starts with talking about eating and your relationship to your environment around you, and, and ends with consumption and eating and what that means to your interpersonal relationships and still your environment around you. And the act, I, I one of the most poignant lines that I think is in here. If someone says something about, I think it's, I'll, I'll, I think it's the very last one, so I'll go to it here. But uh, yeah, it's right here where the where Elias says like meals meals are the special privilege of the living. In order to stay alive, we need to keep eating. So again, he doesn't. There's no. That's like, yeah. Again, this the the theme of eating and consumption is so clear and from from chapter one. I could go back and read chapter one and be like, yep, it's there. And it's in the last chapter, chapter ninety-seven or whatever it is here, and it's it's great. It's again thematically very strong, very consistent, excellent writing. Yeah, and you know, I did say it, it isn't goofy bullshit the whole time. Well, it is. It is goofy bullshit the whole time. It's fantasy, but right, but which is yeah. like there's a part of me that stops seeing it as like cartoony bullshit and actually gets hype when it like when when the theme comes back around. Uh, but yeah, I, I absolutely adored that chapter. Uh, I adored the series. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think one cool thing that I liked about this chapter is um, how us, the audience, did just didn't understand the perspective of the winged lion uh, and how like its thought process on Laos's uh, curse because mm-hmm. he was worried that the curse would be that it hurt, his sister won't come back to life. Yeah. And um, of course his friends knew that that's not his like 
biggest passion in the world. Like, he, he still it's, loves monsters and loves eating. It's so. ironic and funny, yeah. So the curse was, what, that he would never get the thing he wanted most or never have the thing yeah. he wanted most or something like that. And he's like, oh, no, the thing I want most is, uh, you know, to bring my sister back. But it's like, no, the thing he wanted most is just to eat a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And the curse ends up being that all monsters are just terrified of him. So they won't even approach his proximity. Yeah. Uh, and that's a, like for anyone else, that would be a, like a good thing. But for him, he's just like depressed about that. Yeah. Uh, it, but it was interesting because we saw like the sister coming back to life and we see like kind of an interim plane between life and death. Uh, and his sister, I'm forgetting her name for some reason, but, um, uh, Oh God, what is her name? Uh, Phelan. Phelan. Yeah. Yeah. Phelan. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Phelan, um, meets the winged lion and, Mm -hmm. uh, he allows her to come back to life and states like, Oh, that is a worse curse than anything I can imagine. Um, so like, he didn't. He didn't even consider her wanting to come back to life as an option or as something that the party is trying to do or, or would want to do because he considers living in general uh, as a mortal to be torture. Ultimately, right. well, and, and also that the fact aligns to this backstory and all that. Yeah, yeah. Well, and the fact that the lion lived with this, with the literally an insatiable hunger of never being able to feel satisfied from eating or consuming. And that it's like, well, yeah, it's all, again, it's all just thematically excellent. It's beautifully drawn. Characters are great here. I, I'm i desperately hoping that she it does not end here. I mean, I know this has been almost 10 years uh, of her life drawing and writing this. I, whatever she does next, if she does anything, I'm, I'm looking forward to. So I think, and uh, yeah, I think. Yeah, like, it's, give, it's, her, give her like a few months to get through Baldur's Gate 3, like four yeah. or five times. And uh, I'm sure she'll be back at it. Yeah, I hope uh, it's like a minor tangent, but I really like what Fujimoto did after he finished part one of Chainsaw Man, just went and wrote like two or three big one shots, you know, 200, 250 page one shots. I think that's a great sort of practice in refining your storytelling and art and paneling and all that. And I think that uh, I think that Ryoko Kui here would be great to see do just a couple of one shots you know short yeah. stories essentially that's the kind Even of in the same world like i don't think it would yeah, you alter could. or change the ending we could just get like some uh like small afterwards for the characters you know like uh chill chuck yeah. and um senshi or prequel and things or whatever yeah. i mean the world is a classical fantasy but with her own little spin on it and it's great yeah i i don't i mean i cannot recommend this enough it is now completed i can now sort of rank it on my top things i don't know if this breaks top five for me it might be at the bottom of top five or it probably is in top 10 of, of manga i've read all time but I, I i can't even think of my top five uh yeah i, I you don't necessarily have to say it but I, I mean this is this is very good this is a top 10 yeah this is a top 10 manga for me i think for sure it, it is amazing i i recommend it so highly uh so i i hope you've all read it uh already so we didn't spoil all this for you but um yeah if no, not, not if not it's it's not, not that actually long. yeah we didn't we didn't we didn't spoil much um go, go read through this shit it's fucking amazing it's so good yeah and if and if you are not a manga reader and you are interested in the series the anime is coming out in three months and a couple of days i think you know january first week of january i think you'll get uh 
episode one of this think, by Trigger. I don't think so. non-manga readers listen to this. That would be that would be crazy. It would be interesting, but you know, I mean, maybe there is. Maybe someone is. Hey, hey shout us out! Know. Like, if if you don't read manga and listen to us, uh, what's going on? Yeah. Why are you here? Stay. Yeah. Please don't leave. It, Stay around. It, it, but why explain are you the here? appeal, though. Explain <laughs> the appeal of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, anything else on on Dungeon Meshi on Delicious and Dungeon? I. We could gush about it and individual things. We've talked about it in the past, uh, but it's good. It's its ending was good. One of the best, one of the best manga endings, I would say for sure, because it took like four or five chapters to do it. It let it breathe. Yeah. It had falling action. All these things that a lot of manga endings that miss kind of don't have. So, I was absolutely satisfied by it. I have nothing more to say um, aside from go check it out. You won't regret that. Yeah. All anything else? Then are we good? We're good. No, let's move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about a little memeable thing that it's been happening. Uh, if you've been paying attention on Twitter and a couple other places, it mostly saw this on Twitter. Uh, uh, last week, I guess this would be almost two weeks ago now. Two weeks ago now, we got some leaked images of this series called Kagurabachi. This is a brand new Weekly Shonen Jump uh, action revenge samurai katana story. Uh, this is by Takaru Hokazono. Um, and people started to get hyped about this series. Now, wild. Yes, I. It's a funny thing because after the, after this came out, people started. There were like memes on how hyped people were. Like, oh my gosh, this is the second coming. This is going to be the greatest new thing ever. Look how cool this is. Look how awesome this is. Uh, warning for violence. I say as there's like splatters of blood and uh, severed limbs on screen. This is a this is a fairly violent series. We're going to have some uh, some panels on on screen that will show that. Um, it was funny because it came out on Sunday, and all this week, all I have been seeing is people like counter memeing on the Kagurabachi hyper people because this this chapter was pretty good. It was not the best chapter one I've ever read in my life, certainly. Um, but I thought it was pretty good. What did you think about it, Gautam? Yeah. So I had, I guess the opposite initial expectations of everyone uh, that was hyped for it because I thought it would be complete dog shit. And uh, I also thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I think it's, it's, so I'm in a beat my expectations. Yeah. I'm in a position now where I just assume every new chapter one that shows up in weekly show and jump is just going to be bad. Cause if you do Uh, that, this was to me as a revenge fantasy. So like, I, I didn't imagine a world where it would be pretty good. Yeah, it's it's always hard to tell. I also it's just one of those like if you just expect everything to be shit, you'll be like, "Aha, I was correct 3 out of 4 times and surprised one time." And that's better <laughs> than thinking things will be good and being three disappointed and one, you know, met expectations. So I, set your well, expectations usually, lower I, for I, weekly shonen jump series is is, is I, what I'm getting at here. I, I guess I, I I usually have no expectations, but here I actually have like I had like a negative uh, expectation I, I just didn't think this would be good but um yeah yeah i uh let's let's uh it, go into it uh, it turned out i thought uh, i i liked we got a little bit of setup i liked the sort of a flash back or i guess it starts it starts in the past and flashes forward about halfway through the chapter um main character is uh chihiro and his dad i thought his dad was goofy and funny i liked uh i loved his dad that was a great even character. though the, the levity kind of goes away in the second half it's clear to me this author can do sort of a more lighthearted comedic stuff which i think goes along with the sort of hyper violence pretty well uh well you could only do one or the other you end up getting into 
very dark places or goofy things and nothing seems to matter. But uh, his yeah. dad is a swordsmith who participated in some kind of past war. He created a bunch of swords. I don't know if it specifically says that they were magical swords or not. I think maybe it implies it pretty heavily. I, um, I didn't I didn't parse that until the, the Until end the second he, part. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they just sort of make swords. They talk about generic kind of chapter one thematic. You know, they talk about you. They kind of do the uh, how do I put this? The arms makers responsibility type thing, right? Like mm-hmm. people, yeah. people. Uh, we live in America here, obviously, based on our accents. Um, I, I have become death's destroyer of worlds type stuff. Well, that and I mean, people have tried to sue, you know firearms manufacturers for wrongful death and for deaths and accidental deaths and things like that and so you there's always this question of how much responsibility does the maker of a weapon have when that weapon is used to take a life and that to me that seems like sort of maybe the theme of the whole series which i hope i hope it sticks with and i hope that it uh talks about a little more because that was the that was the knowledge that the father was trying to pass to the main character here and i think that he Realizes it, as we'll kind of see in the second half. Um, we get these, this goldfish. His dad liked these goldfish, which we'll also see in the second half, which is interesting. Um, but it was just kind of like a nice, fun little setup. You know, here's the here's the main character and his dad, and it kind of gives you, you know, what kind of character is he, how is he raised, what, and some really good, I really like the paneling and the action here. And this is, you know, they're mm-hmm. like uh, making a sword in these panels. Oh, I'm not sharing with you, am I? Um, uh, yeah, so in these panels here, they're just like pounding out and making a sword, and it's really cool. And this is like, I I don't got to. Have you ever watched the like sword maker YouTube videos? Like, who are the guys that used to do all the fantasy sword stuff? Oh right, yeah, I remember that channel. Uh, I don't remember what they're called, but I know. You're I feel about. like everybody used to watch them if you were in like fantasy. Or yeah, they made games like the Lich King sword. The Buster yeah, they made Frostmourne, yeah. Buster Sword. Yeah, all those. But anyway, it's like, oh yeah, they're like this is kind of the way you do it. I've seen them like do this like split fold over stuff. So I thought that was cool. Like the first half you meet uh, this guy, guy. Sheba who comes in, who also, again, I thought had a cool kind of lighthearted levity to him, which is I think needed in a sort of, I'm, I'm not, I'm personally not interested in a sort of hyper violent, super serious, dark revenge story. But if you cut it with some fun characters in the background, I think it's more interesting to me. And I think that this had some, I think the dad was interesting. I think Shiva was interesting. Um, so I'm more, I was more drawn in because I think that these were, you know, legit kind of fun, lighthearted characters uh, that paint the background of this revenge story. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I think that is uh, most of what worked. I, I liked, mm-hmm. I liked the dad a lot. Um, I thought he was goofy. I thought he was funny. Uh, and I, I think the manga did, or the first chapter did a really good job of showing how much uh, the son respected the dad, mm-hmm. e- even even through his like goofy demeanor. He loved that part of him too, uh, and I think that was conveyed really well. Um, usually in, in these revenge manga, it I feel no sympathy for the revenge taker because it's always so over the top, or it's petty, uh, it's like, or it's okay. like petty, or yeah, it it, it just doesn't feel relatable in any way to me yeah but this feels relatable like um at least his the reason for his motivation feels relatable because of how it was established and we'll kind of get to it i think it's on like the very last panel or one of the later pages but it his father imparts in the main character here a sort of respect for swords and a response again that sort of responsibility for 
if you're making a sword or using a sword, you do have responsibility for like taking that life or whatever. And that that I think is why the second half works whenever it gets hyper violent and it kills all those dudes because it isn't just about well I'm here to get revenge for my dad. It's like you're doing bad things with swords and that means you deserve to die. And so that to me that sort of that characterization of the main character already worked worked pretty well there. Uh, I I also liked that um, in this story that the main character isn't really satisfied with the revenge aspect of it you know like mm-hmm. he's not doing it to make himself happy and he's not happy like yeah, uh he's unhappy with it for sure he isn't like this this will make me feel good he's like i yeah what do he, he says is like i wake up i wake up every day with like a new sense of hatred and it sucks or whatever yeah that, that was the that was some of the edgiest bullshit um yeah but it's edgy uh, but he says it to the shiba character the shiba kind of like makes fun of him for it which again is like okay this is you are cutting you know the sort of edgy bullshit with the right amount of 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 levity i kind of like that because i i like how the the main character doesn't feel that edgy you know like i've read some Mm -hmm. revenge manga and they're all so self-satisfied as soon as they get the smallest bit of revenge they're like ha 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 i did it you're you face the consequences uh i like the there is no real happiness achieved by the main character, even though he is uh, slowly achieving his goals, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it was pretty good. I, I I think there's only so so much enjoyment I can get out of a series like this, to be honest, though. Yeah, I'm wondering, um, again, this is... I mean, this to me does not strike me as a three or 400 chapter thing. I, it doesn't... Usually they don't have legs for this, but it did introduce some interesting ideas in the second half. So in the second half, we sort of skip forward 38 months. We see there's kind of a mobster. This looks, is this period piece? This looks like maybe it's like 1950s, 60s. Like, I don't think we see any cell phones or much technology. It might even be earlier than that, but um, there's like, they're riding on a train. That guy looks like uh, Goldie Roger we have at home. Uh, oh, the dude with the hand, the big handlebar mustache. Yeah. Um, but there's like, there's some magic users. He does some interesting, like grows this like sharp plant that like tortures this guy, uh, disappears in a flame. So, you know, this, this feels very, uh, very demon slayer E to me at this point where it's like, okay, bad magic user guys, man with sword revenge story. Like, obviously it's painted differently, but a lot of the same beats as, as demon slayer there. I'm wondering how they're going to continue making me like this though because i liked the dad Mm -hmm. uh and i think that is a good emotional beat but i'm not really interested in the main character yet yeah Um, well and i was i was about to say that so i think that i think the way that a series like this survives is on its side characters so we like the dad i like mr shiba i think he was interesting kind of when he's like hanging out outside while chihiro's like killing everybody inside so i think that if the side characters can be uh likable enough i'm okay following sort of the edgy guy and his fun friends around right like that that sounds good enough to me yeah i i guess i i think maybe i don't know um i I, i'll need to like the main character if i'm going to keep reading uh but of course i'm going to give it time uh, to establish all that um they need to uh, clearly they haven't explained how he got the scar and exactly how his dad died uh they held that closer to the chest I think the longer you take to reveal that flashback, uh, the more impactful it has to be. So, right, yeah. I'm kind of curious to see 
uh, how this is handled, you know? I would assume they don't hold that back too far. Like, I honestly think we maybe get that in, like, chapter two or three, or in the first Probably, volume, right? right, in the first six or seven. Because, yeah. yeah, that's not... You're right. The longer you hold it back, the sort of bigger reveal it has to be, right? Like, you can't... Right. You can't just hold it back forever. Um, I did think that this, especially in the second half, when it gets a little more action-focused, had some really good paneling. This page that I've got on screen right now, I think is, like... Some real, I'm mean, really cool, excellent paneling, especially for WSJ, which I would say usually it generally great, doesn't right? doesn't prioritize it. But yeah, I mean, this is I this is a super good panel page, I think, right there. Um, and then once you get into the action, I did think the action looked really good here and was paneled really well. And I thought it was pretty cool, and it was it does lean hyper violent, but that's a sort of stylistic thing that doesn't bother me. Um, and it, I, I don't know, it 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 is encroaching into that sort of. Uh, uh, like the one man army badass, right? Is like this John, guy, the like John Wick's. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, you go, John Wick. Yeah, exactly, the John Wick archetype, where he, you know, he lands on the table, he spins around, cuts four guys' throat. Yeah, and here's the thing I was talking about, where he's like, I cannot allow slime like you to wield katana. Um, and again, just some really cool uh, staging and sort of camera positioning here under him when he's grabbing the sword, uh, and then he summons. He does some kind of magic with the swords, right, and summons the. Is it fish. All, I think it's all three goldfish, or maybe just two of the goldfish. Um, uh, well, the black one's a beta fish, right? No, that's a goldfish with the big eyes, right? Because I think they were all goldfish uh, I, at I the start. Know. But yeah, so he oh, likes. He, so he has this magic katana. My, my guess, if we were to make a prediction after chapter one, something about his dad's soul is in that sword, and that's why it is magic. And that is, I I'm gonna make a I'm gonna call an audible here and say that the the way that his dad made those swords that ended the war all those years ago or why he was so famous and popular? Is there some kind of some kind of magic of imbuing a person's soul into a sword, but it requires them to die? And so he would just, like, his dad would do that. And that's why his dad was so so focused on teaching him the like, responsibility of, like, if you make a weapon or if a weapon's in the wrong hands, it's a very bad thing. Um, my guess is that his dad either died and said like, well, if I'm going to die, you know, I can put my soul into this sword and give it to my son or something like that. So my guess is that's going to, if I'm going to die, I'm going to take my fish with me. Exactly. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But again, I I, I think that's a, that's a pretty good call. That could very well be the case. Or maybe he just killed his fish and used that for the sword. Who knows? I mean, I mean, maybe, yeah, maybe it's like, oh, I used the souls of something else. I don't know. That, that would of... be super lame if it was a fish instead of his <laughs> it was just, I killed three goldfish and it made the sword very strong. It's like, wow. Man, okay. what a sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah see, because there's, there's this line over here on the left side. It's like the katana that, the katana that boy wields was was Kunishige's last katana, the one he gave his life to make. It's like, okay, I'm mm-hmm. lining yeah, stuff yeah, up here. Yeah, I think here. you're on the money. Yeah, it's going to be something like that, right? Like either you give a part of yourself to make a sword, or you give your soul and it's in the sword or something. But this is the, well, this is one of the images that was the preview images that got people hyped up. Uh, mm-hmm. Where again, I think it's good action paneling. I think it's good, cool, interesting, badass. He's just cutting like thirty guys in half with a single swipe. Um, I like the action in the series, and I think that I think that for WSJ, just a good, solid. Uh, I don't want to call it a demon slayer type, but just a good, solid. You know guy with sword is badass fight stuff as long as it's sort of got a good enough skeleton which this one i thought chapter one had a good enough skeleton i liked it um as long as it doesn't lose itself and keeps going like you know this is kind of the way sakamoto days started in my opinion right it's like chapter one of sakamoto days is like it's okay it's good you know i had really good action better than this for sure but you know this is this strikes me as the same sort of uh it's just gonna be a fun action thing with you know pretty thin 
you know, decently thin plot and characters that if they're good enough to string it along and enjoyable enough, sure, I can keep up with it. So, yeah, me too. It, it was an easy read. I thought it was uh, it was pretty solid yeah. um, from the first chapter. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what people were expecting here. Uh, I I don't know why they overhyped themselves for. for I this. mean, because people are stupid, uh, which is okay. But yeah, I mean, I thought this yeah. was I thought this was I was okay. I think it left. I think it opened enough questions uh, or left enough questions open that I'm interested in it. I thought it was a solid enough chapter one. Um, It's kind of looking like this year we might have a couple more hits than we had last year. Last year, the only things from last year that ended up surviving WSJ were uh, Akane and then uh, not, what's the, the, the Nishoi Isin test. Oh, uh, Cypher. Cypher. Yeah. Cypher Academy. Um, I think it's just those two, right? Because really? we had, I mean, we had Fabricant made it to like chapter 40 or something, but everything else has been canceled from last year, I think. Man, as far as there might be track. one more thing. Yeah, yeah there, might, there might be one more thing that still survives, but um, this year kind of looks like it's got got a couple more couple more things going. Um, yeah, I'm, let's see. Let, let me just, uh, I think you're absolutely right. It's just those two. Yeah, so I mean, and I mean, I don't, know if cypher academy is long for this world i i should probably give it another shot we didn't like the first six or seven chapters of it uh it wasn't for us but they changed translators um yeah cypher academy because yeah ginkgo luna super super ppp got canceled tokyo demon bride story yeah um but yeah, I mean that's that was Kagurabachi. I don't know. Is anything else anything else to say about that really? I think uh, not really. Seems pretty. It was fine. Yeah. Pretty good. Pretty good. I'm interested. Uh, again, like I said, stronger year for WSJ. I think MMA is great. I think this is great. MMA is um, great. I think this is pretty good. What was the one? Was there something last week too? What premiered last week that was good? Uh, totally it was. I, I I didn't read it. It was like this uh, wordy one that I would put off for later and I never got to. Why am I? I'm just like totally forgetting. I have to go to my own YouTube channel to remember what we talked about. <laughs> oh, last week? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't. I don't remember. Um, but yeah. Oh, Mama Yu Yu. Yeah, Mama Yu Yu. Yeah, yeah, which was I, pretty decent. And I chapter two, I thought was was also pretty good. I'm. I'll. I'll stick that with was that. Pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I, cool. I think. I think. Uh, putting aside MMA, MMA is the best a lot. But uh, Mama Yu Yu, I am more interested than. Uh, any of the rest aside from MMA. Yeah. But I mean, that's like potentially three new big things and people have been talking maybe too much, but, uh, assumedly Jujutsu Kaisen might be coming to an end. People have been talking about My Hero Academia coming to an end. So WSJ is definitely looking for the next sort of, the next sort of big thing. And I think Sakamoto Days will be their next biggest, bigger thing. Cause once that, that anime comes out, I mean, Sakamoto Days is fucking great. So, and Akane. Yeah, well, and Akane, too. I think Akane might have a little bit more limited um, appeal, especially in the West, just because Rakugo... You in the have West, to, for sure. In the West, like, for sure, it is, yeah. It is a hit. It is a hit. It is super man. good. And again, like structured structured like it's a sports thing, I think will get people into it more. Um, it reminds me sort of of Chihayafuru, which yeah. is a... Uh, 
Shoujo Jose manga, but it's structured sort of around sports stuff, and that's, I think, why a lot of people start to get into it and then love the sort of romance and other aspects of it. I love Chihaya Furu. It's a great series. Um, but yeah, I, I'm curious, you, listener, watcher, reader... Now you can't read it. There's no transcript. Um, listener or watcher, leave us a comment letting, letting us know what you thought about... Uh, Kagurabachi, did, were you hyped beforehand and did it live up to your expectations? Did you hear about it? Did you like it? Uh, I think this one has, has a lot of potential just because if I'm a 14-year-old boy, this might be the coolest thing I read, right? Like, this this appeals to me as a, as a teenager. I think so. Who, I think it appeals more, more if I was younger. Yeah, um, it's definitely absolutely. one of those things that I think if you're younger, this is your shit, right? This, this is more Demon Slayer, right? Which I don't really like Demon Slayer. I didn't think it was very well written. It did a lot of things that I just couldn't handle. The anime is gorgeous. The opening is awesome, uh, but this power this fantasies is the, sir, like standard power fantasies definitely appeal yeah. appealed way more to me back then. Um, yeah, I, I get it. Cool. Uh, let's talk about our last weird little thing. Mm-hmm. This is a series that uh, showed up on Reddit, and I was like, "Oh, interesting. I'll read this." It is called Daddy and Buddy. Uh, this is by an author called Tendai Yano. This, Gautam, did you read this? I did. Okay. This is a weird... I don't even know how to describe it. This is essentially gymnastic Power Rangers save children from demons that haunt them. And the main character is like a 30-something-year-old... It's like a 38-year-old dad. Who, and gymnastics is a superpower. And that's... I'm. That is not... That is exactly what this is. I'm not stretching yeah. out the truth. Um, but I thought this was pretty good. Like, I was pretty happy with this. How'd you feel about it, Gautam? I didn't like it that much. Um, I liked parts about it. I like, uh, how the author wrote children. Uh, mm-hmm. like I, I liked his home life, him interacting with his like kids who are freaking out. Uh, all that stuff was great. Uh, but I didn't like his, the gym buddy or the monsters or him joining the gym or trying to join the gym buddy mm-hmm. system. And I don't, I don't like that these gym instructors are the superheroes of this world. I, fight invisible child emotion monsters. Yeah, um, I, <laughs> it's all unique. It's just he's definitely it, unique. Yeah, just like, I didn't like it that much. Yeah, I, it's definitely not like the best thing I've ever read. I will say I I appreciate how different this is. I appreciate that the main character is an adult, is married with children, is not a completely dysfunctional relationship. It is just sort of you know normal average. I. It's He's, a good relationship. They just have three yeah. kids. Yeah. And those three kids are possessed by demons, essentially. Um, apparently, I thought the in action this universe, was, all kids are... Uh, apparently, every yeah. negative emotion is actually just a demon, and it's super, it's super easy to... Oh, your child is feeling confused? It's like, you slap a bug, and now he's not... <laughs> I w- it sounds like it, it sounds like this universe is easier than ours. This, this feels to me almost like... Um, speaking of power fantasy... This strikes me almost as like an adult with children who is like, I wish it was easy to fix my kids' problems by just like punching a bug. <laughs> like, I wish I could it, just, you know, help them out easier. Yeah, it's very much like that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but I, I liked all this, right? Like where, where the kids are just being snotty and hitting each other mm-hmm. and, and being little rascals. I thought that was good. And yeah. I thought it, I, I like the art too. Yeah, I think the art's uh, great in this. But... Yeah, I don't. I don't like any of this stuff. It's a little. Uh, the second half, I definitely would say, is a little uneven. Um, we'll have to see how. I'm curious how this series will continue, because if it if it goes too far into the 
oh, you're like a new Power Ranger and we have to teach you the ropes and it goes more kind of shonen-y, I'm definitely not going to like it as much. Um, They're definitely going to go in that direction. I would much prefer this to stay being a bit more uh, adult and like I'm thinking of um, Kaiju number eight, Monster number eight, right? Where Mm -hmm. you start with the character who's, you know, 34 or 32 or whatever and he seems very much like an adult and he kind of has the... a wisdom and experience to him, and he's put into this kind of extra situation of becoming a powerful person, a, you know, a Power Ranger, a a Kaiju, whatever you want to call it. And in Monster Number 8, like, maybe 20 or 30 chapters in, suddenly our main character is just a shonen protagonist who acts like a 14-year-old boy, and it's pretty lame. Um, and so I hope that this one can keep the sort of adult angle on this guy has a wife and three kids and a family to take care of, and yes, he can see these demons, and yes, maybe he wants to be a Power Ranger, but, like, how do you juggle those responsibilities? Like, that's more interesting to me than how do I learn to be a Power Ranger, right? Like, not as interested well, in that. Can I, can I point out a flaw? Um, yeah. Like, a, just a, a big problem. Uh, is the fact that you use the term Power Rangers three times because the name Gymnastics Buddy <laughs> gymnastics. is so goddamn <laughs> stupid. I wonder if that's a translation thing because maybe Gymnastics Buddy sounds way better in Japanese. I maybe, probably right? Yeah. Like, yeah. it sounds so stupid. Like, I wonder if... It doesn't even flow off the tongue, yeah. even if... I'm gonna like, it doesn't the, make sense. It doesn't flow off the tongue. I'm going to use the Google... This little Google thing. I'm going to see if it'll translate... Don't it translate this for me? It's not going to do it. It just says BUDDY, all caps, when I use my Google Translate. So. Oh, okay. Anyways, well, I, I, which is probably it, just a, it doesn't know a, what some kanji means or something. But right. yeah, yeah, gymnastics, uh, this, is, this is weird. And the fact is that a lot of the other Power Rangers-based series have not caught on when they were a little too different. I'm thinking of, oh, uh, what was the romance one where the Red Rangers dating the, like, bad girl oh uh love after world domination yes that was a great series that, that got was canceled. great that got canceled because the well because they gave it an under budget anime that nobody really liked and then the anime didn't boost sales and then they're like all right you're done so but yeah that's i mean so, ranger so reject is great but ranger yeah. reject is great but that that's like a, a spin on the trope this seems to very just much be... but it's playing it straight this, play, straight this is playing it straight yeah it's playing it straight well, with some with some interesting new twists and new ideas on it but I I'm curious enough to continue reading this as long as chapters keep getting posted. Um, I hope I hope it again. I hope it can address and sort of keep with the more adult angle and the sort of wife and kids angle because that interests me more than just a gymnastics dude being a Power Ranger, which is like or a, a gymnastics buddy. Excuse me. Um, you I did like, like some of the action paneling like this. I really liked no, the when he does his double twist layout attack. It's like, okay, that was that's funny sick. looking that's too, good. right? Because of his yeah. expression on his face. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Okay. So this is not what I expected uh, with these two chapters because Kagurabashi or Kagurabashi is how, however you say it is so mm-hmm. goddamn generic that I like in premise it is so generic um, that I expected it to be dog shit and I thought and ended up thinking it was pretty good. Um, Daddy and Buddy. Usually, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for incredibly unique premises. I'm I can have a bias. I'm like on their side a little bit before I even read it. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a part of me that's still like, I love the adult character. I love that he's just he has he's married and has three kids. But and it's so unique. But 
I liked it so much less than Kagurabashi. And yeah. this is like one of these examples where I it's cool to be unique, but there are some things that just don't work. <laughs> yeah. I, I for me it's it's yet to be seen. I I'm interested like I said, I'm interested enough to keep reading it. I think it's an, an interesting enough premise that could do some cool ideas. It didn't necessarily do them in chapter 1, um but it was a lot of setup, so I'll be curious to see where it goes. Uh yeah, anything else on Daddy Buddy? Daddy and Buddy. Uh nope. I guess we'll uh, we'll, we'll see how it it ends up. I'm kind of curious to see how like kind of like uh sales numbers and kind of general popularity mm-hmm. statistics for all of these. Yeah, because this is definitely one of those ones that could be a could be a sleeper hit. You never know. Um, I did I did also like the like you said the art is good. I thought the designs of the little monsters and stuff were all pretty decent. Like they're all kind of interesting, and they have the names of like what little negative emotion they are, or whatever. Like quarrels and says crying, and it's like a neat little. They look very much like uh. The fir- like the first through the fifth enemies you encounter in a Final Fantasy game. Like, oh yes, this is the one-eyed thing that has twelve HP, and I will kill it now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I I, I love this uh, page in particular because mm. uh, the wife is just wiping that little girl's ass, and she oh, has like just the, the blankest stare on her face. Like she just <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even see that, but yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah, tantrum. Yeah, t- and then this other kid's just slapping the other kid. Uh, yeah, she's very very good. Yeah, uh, so we'll see on that one. Curious about it. Could be interesting. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, there's, oh, yeah, I forgot. There's a little bit of backstory we'll with the main character and stuff, which was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's typical, like, haha backstory or whatever. Yeah. Do you think I can be a gymnastics buddy too, Gautam? Uh, no. <laughs> I do not know gymnastics, so I absolutely could do, not. Also, like, I don't... I think this guy is more equipped... Like, the main character is more equipped to be a gymnastics buddy than than the other dude look at how he's built like a brick house yeah i that guy, that guy looks tiny compared to him <laughs> i i thought about that too because it's funny how it's like okay yeah the 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 gymnastics buddy power ranger man like kind of gets his butt kicked and then the the mc comes in with his like double twisting double layout and just like one shots this big thing and so i yeah. wonder if this i wonder if this dude's like wow i'm not very good at this maybe this guy is better at my job than i am uh, yeah it's it's like um thinking you're a tough guy and then you you see the mountain from game of thrones and you're like <laughs> exactly. i physically can't ever get there you know <laughs> right yeah it's it's playing a game offline and then going online and getting like oh pub man story <laughs> story my fucking life dude. for pretty much everything cool yeah. uh yeah so that's that's daddy and buddy uh we'll check back in on that one if it keeps going and see if it gets any more interesting yeah um, i hope so yeah Let's hit on a couple. Let's hit on some news things. It's just a little bit this week. So many. Um, so WSJ, the last new series of the fall block, Two on Ice. That's the new series. Premieres this Sunday, WSJ. Some kind of ice skating sports thing. Interested. I am expecting, at this point, the fact that we've gotten... Mama Yuyu and Kagurabachi, and they've both been pretty good. I'm fully expecting this last one to be absolute dog shit. So my expectations. Are <laughs> for I, I thought I thought you were going to say the opposite of what you said. That's that's so funny. Um, I don't I I don't think WSJ can do a block of three or four releases and have them all be good. I've never seen it. I don't think it's yeah. ever happened before. It's, uh, it's like it's like a double double rainbow situation. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just it rare. just doesn't statistically. 
because I think that they've got to swing for the fences on some of these, and or yeah. they either swing too hard for the fences and it's weird and bad, or they play it too safe and it's something. And this one seems like a forced competitor to uh, yeah. medalist Urian Ice and Dogs Red. You know, like it seems yeah. like well, they're and, throwing their hat in the ring more than and medalist is so good. You're not going to beat medalist. I think they're going to probably lean more sports into it, but uh, yeah, who knows. The problem is if they lean more sports into it, I, I think Docs Red is like serious competition. You know? Yeah, and Docs Red is more hockey. And, yeah, and ice hockey is, in the West at least, definitely broader appeal than competitive ice skating, which I would maybe assume the true the same is true in Japan, although, although I'm not sure. Um, I, I think it's going to be hard to beat Docs Red, though. Like, I, I yeah. genuinely think that's like a really good series so far. I need to catch up on it because I only read two or three chapters. Yeah. And I saw that we're on like chapter eight or nine now. So It is very fun. So, I need to, yeah, because uh, I need to catch up on it because I also really want to read. Uh, was it Gold, Golden Kamui? Is the other, of the yeah, other yeah, thing, Golden Kamui, which looks really uh, interesting. So, you know, I I think uh, this this next uh, this ice skating thing, two on ice, mm-hmm. that's coming out soon, it is uh, just going to draw comparisons, at least from me, to everything we've mentioned, yes. and um, that's going to make that's going to make me kind of a harder critic on it, you know? So yeah, I'm hoping it is really good. So I can, I can eat my words. And I wonder if the timing of this comes because the medalist anime, I think starts in October. It's either in October Hmm. or January. So they might be hoping to sort of coast off of like, and medalist is amazing. It's so good. And so if that anime is, is a good enough adaptation, people are going to love that. And then they're going to go, okay, what other ice skating manga is out there? Oh, what, Two on Ice from WSJ. Maybe that's what they're counting on. I don't know. Um, we'll have to see. I, I'm My expectations are dirt low on this one just because I don't... It's just statistically impossible to have three in a row good releases. Um, yeah, it, I, I'm... I'm same here, and I don't really care about ice skating. So uh, I also I also don't. Medalist is good without caring about ice skating, which is what makes it so good. That's what good stuff does, right? Like, exactly. I, I, yeah. I didn't really care about Rakugo. Uh, exactly. But yeah. Akane makes me care about Rakugo. You know, so it, that's what good series do. So we we will definitely see here. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Next on the news list, we've got Nippon TV has acquired Studio Ghibli. This hmm. this, in my opinion is a pretty big deal. Um, Studio Ghibli, from what I understand, has been sort of an independent... They essentially are a uh, anime, you know, movie production team that only really has worked with, what, like maybe three or four directors? It's only Miyazaki, his son, and I think maybe one or two of the guys who worked really closely with Miyazaki have directed Mm -hmm. a couple things. Um, This getting acquired by a larger sort of distribution network... um, This makes sense. Yeah, uh, and I think this is, this is the Miyazaki show. Ghibli is Miyazaki. Yeah. He he holds all control and pulls all the strings, and he'll be gone soon, right? He's he's, he's very old. Yes, he's very old. He smoked his whole life, from what I understand. I so yeah. he's going to retire or something else. Uh, sorry, but it's true. Um, yeah. So I, I I understand that they're planning for what happens when Miyazaki is no longer the one in control of Studio Ghibli, mm. right? Um, well, and I wonder if this was a... I wonder if this was a move from Miyazaki, who had... seems more fiercely independent for his whole life, but maybe... Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the last couple of movies Miyazaki has released, um, the, the last really big one he had, I think, was, like, The Wind Also Rises, or The Wind Rises. The Wind Rises, And that yeah. was... 
couple of years ago. The last couple have not been big. He hasn't had a really like big, big, big hit since um, Howl's Moving Castle, maybe? Uh, or Ponyo, I guess, was after Howl's. Ponyo was probably the last big, big hit they had. And that was like 2010, maybe? Like 2009? I will say this, though. Um, it doesn't matter because uh, Ghibli movies always make money, mm. are always profitable off of uh, reputation alone. You know, uh, people yeah. just go see it. And they always look great, right? That helps. And they do always look good. I, I, I think that the quality of their movies is probably higher than the sales numbers for those more recent ones would would let you know. Um, I'm super curious to, to just go and watch some more. I will say, if, if you are interested in Miyazaki and Ghibli, highly recommend you go and read the manga of Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind because it's fucking amazing. Gautam and I just finished a full read-through and a full sort of deep dive into that, which is on the channel. I also think Ghibli being bought by Nippon TV drastically increases our chances of a full adaptation of that manga. It might be going from a 1% You're to 2%. You're goddamn right about that. It might be going from 1% to 2%, but I I do not think this is something that Ghibli ever would have done on its own. I do not think I, it would have made a regularly scheduled programming uh, anime. A syndicated, you know, a TV, sh- a TV station owning them might say, hey, if we own Nausicaa, and this is, you know, easy four or five seasons of anime that is like going to be premier television. Why not do it? And then either, you know, let Studio Ghibli, you know, it will probably end up if they do it, which again, I think is very unlikely. It'll probably be Studio Ghibli and another studio cooperating. I don't think Studio Ghibli's big enough to produce a sort of weekly anime, but I am just excited thinking about the possibility that this is not something that I think would have happened if Studio Ghibli was not bought. And now that they are, I think there is a slightly more chance that we do get that full Nausicaa adaptation. Bruce, I actually don't think this is this unlikely. I think it went from not 1% to 2%, but like 0% to 30%. Oh, because really? It's, you think it's 30%? It, yeah, and here's why, right? Um, I It's a TV network, and mm-hmm. uh, once Miyazaki's gone, uh, for whatever reason, he he's the big name, right? Uh, yes. And he has work that a lot of people haven't consumed, and many consider his magnum opus. Uh, yep, that is and it's just old. Not the movie finished. now at this point, yeah, the movie now at this point is almost almost forty years old. Think about that. Uh, yeah, so, so honestly, no, over I, forty years it, old. Yeah, I'd give it like twenty five percent odds that we see we see Nausicaa as yeah. an anime. It actually might be even more. I was looking. I was like, huh, you know, I don't know much about Nippon TV. I don't know what they've done. I checked their Wikipedia page, scrolled through it. I, I saw this is Nippon TV original programming. And I'm seeing some stuff like, okay, uh, Hunter Hunter is in here. Inuyasha is in here. Uh, what else did I see? Uh, Claymore is another uh, loop in the third. So they've done some stuff, right? Monster is in here. That's, I mean, that's the best thing I've ever read, potentially. Uh, definitely the best manga I've ever read. So they have made some big stuff, and I wonder. I mean, the this fact could that they 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 made a fifty plus episode monster series means that they're not afraid of adapting slow burns. You know, uh, yeah. And not, not, not that it was also slow burn, but yeah. yeah. Granted, it was also twenty years ago when uh, the state of anime was a little bit different. Like, I don't think. This sort of seasonal model was not quite in place, but yeah, I mean, all, all of that to say, Nippon TV does anime production, clearly funds and somehow informs original anime production. They now own Studio Ghibli. Now, the thing I don't know is I'm not sure 
who owns Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, right? Is it is that just owned by Miyazaki, or is that a Studio Ghibli production? I know that it was also published it's, it's not in a magazine. Ghibli. It's either owned by Miyazaki or the magazine that it was originally published. Yeah, or some co-owner. I mean, it might be owned by Ghibli just because it's Miyazaki's oh, company, and it might be like, it, you know. He bought it. He bought the or, or it might just be one of those things that, you know, I me as a writer works for a company, so my company owns the publication, not me solely. I, I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. But again, that that's sort of the most exciting thing about that news is because we, uh, it, you know, like I mentioned, Gautam and I went through that all seven volumes. It's fantastic. One of, one of the best manga I've ever read. It's so good. You should go check it out and go, go check out our videos and write. If you can write Japanese, write and fax, because I know they still use faxes, fax Nippon TV and be like, I would like a six season series Fully adapting Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind now that you own Ghibli. Go. Do it. Uh, I, yeah, please, please fax on that because I would I would absolutely adore it as well. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, and, uh, to me that's and, sort and of then, the, then, the big Then take a, take a picture of your fax and post it in our comment section so we can we can shout you out for yes. Or write, write one that we can all copy, paste, and fax in. That would be another good one. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't think anyone has a fax machine anymore. I, I just well, all of Japan does. Every office in Japan oh. uses faxes to communicate, from what I understand. Okay, got it. Got so it. We'll, we'll that was to our one, one Japanese viewer and Yes, we them. can take Please. it to FedEx Kinko's or whatever and be like, I know you haven't heard this phrase in eight years, but I need to fax something to Japan. <laughs> um, the, other, the other big news thing is One Piece live action on Netflix. Season two was officially announced by the night with a neat little video from uh, Oda talking on a transponder snail, which I liked. Um, that was cute. Glad to have it. Yeah. And I mean, that's another thing that, again, we did a sort of deep dive review on the channel that you should go check out. One Piece live action. We did four episodes, two episodes in each of them. Um, reception for it was, was really good. I'm excited for season two. I'm glad. I think season two is easily going to be better than season one if they stick to their guns and do the same quality stuff so excited it, it, it's it's all it's all uphill is that is that like a positive thing i'm saying it's all uphill from here like it gets better is what i'm trying to say yeah, yeah. it is i guess yeah it's all uphill from here that has See, two connotations too i don't know if that works it, but yeah I don't, because if, going it's harder to move is, uphill but going down actually no easy, it's all down here from thing, here you know? yeah that, that's all, a bad thing Go, no, it's, it's all it's downhill all, from here. No, it's it's all downhill from here means it's an easy ride from here on out. Well, is what that means. It, well, logically that's what it means, but that's a negative saying. It's all downhill from here. Maybe you know, like, I don't, I've done hikes and you get to the top and you go, it's all downhill from here, and that's a very positive thing. So yeah, but that's like in the context of hiking, true, true. mountain biking, right? I don't but know. Like but every hold on, I yeah. Are you, have I been thinking about that saying wrong this whole time? Is it like a good thing? I think it can, I think it's context dependent because if it's it is a stupid thing if it's context dependent if it could mean two opposite things well because there's there's the idea of like oh I'm over forty and it's like well it's all downhill from here you know you're over the hill that's a negative thing but if you're hiking and you get to the top you're like oh it's all downhill from here or you're riding a bike right so oh all downhill is easy so I've so used it's only I've heard positive it used in the context of hiking and biking and mountaineering. In, if the path traveled is simpler going downhill it's positive so I would. And I've heard it used in that. We, I've used it in that context more often. Okay, you know what? I'm I'm instituting a law. We're just getting rid of that phrase altogether. It okay. kind of sucks. We, uh, it it makes no sense. And we're just going to we, use it's all up and to the right from here with one piece. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's all, all up and to the right. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm excited for season two. I have already seen, as another little tidbit, I think I sent you um, and a couple other people, already um, the the fight to cast the fight. The casting Koreha has already been talked oh, about yeah. for Jamie Lee Curtis, and she posted on, I think, Instagram today that's like, hey, as soon as the saga after the writers and the actors get their fair share. She's like, I am like literally going to talk to the guy and the, the uh, main showrunner of the show respond to her and is like, yep. As soon as we get what's ours, I'm giving you a call, Jamie. So I am, I think we talked about that maybe at the end of the last episode of our review, but I'm, that's exciting. Yeah, news. I'm like 89% sure that we're going to get Jamie Lee Curtis as, as Kureha in season two of one piece live action, which is pretty cool. Before this announcement, I was, um, hundred percent sure and now i am still a hundred percent sure okay i mean it I, seems I'm, I'm just, very likely because it was like it's such a match made in heaven she's a fan she said she wanted to be on it before yeah they even like years before posted a trailer yeah like it is such a good fit and such an easy get i feel that it, i would have sure. been disappointed if they cast kareha as someone else you know I, yeah and uh, yeah. now it's like okay she has made a post about it the main showrunner of the show has responded or made a post back and it's like you're not if this doesn't happen if like someone stands in the way of this there it's going to be very disappointing so i agree yeah. with that agreed yep um one last little announcement this is technically actually I guess it was technically 3 days ago so it would have been the 19th is technically the the 1 year anniversary of this podcast on september 19th 2022 i sat down and live streamed my thoughts on all of the manga for that week you can no longer go watch that because it was not a good podcast. I think I did that for two weeks. Uh, Gautam, you watched me and were just like, you need someone else to talk to. And you've been on the podcast pretty much ever since. Um, but yeah, this is technically the, the one year anniversary of our podcast. I think we'll do a more solid one year anniversary, which I believe is at the end of October is when we both started doing it. And I left the episodes up that you can go back and watch. So we'll count that as our official one year. But this Heck is technically... Yeah. The idea had been big. Hey, congrats, buddy! Uh, well, so, I guess uh, congrats to both of us. Congrats to both. Yeah, this was a this was a great time. Uh, yeah, one year well spent, right? Yeah, I think so. I've I've had a fun time doing it. I'm happy with pretty much everything about it. I think it's got only gotten better. Agreed. It's, it's great. And it's I, super fun. I've uh, I've enjoyed the manga I read more because I discussing it makes you think about it more and kind of notice yeah. aspects. And you point stuff out that I don't notice, and I'm sure. Yeah, you uh, bring up stuff that I true. have always missed. So, yeah, like that kid getting her ass wiped. Um, <laughs> yes, sometimes you yeah, just don't I, look at the whole panel. <laughs> uh, yeah, happy happy one year, man. Um, yeah, we we'll, will. I think we will we'll have pop a, a bottle of champagne at some point. Yeah, we'll have an official. So this is this is one year in time, but I will have a sort of fifty two episode, fifty two weeks of us together doing the podcast, which again I think is either the last week of October. Or maybe the first week of November is when that'll be. So we'll do something special there. We might do like we might do manga hot takes part two. We might do rankings or something fun on that week. But just just to celebrate, because yeah, we'll do read it. we'll read all of New Ace Exorcist. Yeah, I that's no, yeah, I'm don't kidding. you can't no, ask don't too much. Don't, don't ask too much. Yeah, that's a lot. It's <laughs> a lot to ask. Uh, but yeah, we'll so look forward to that. And hey, if you're if you're a watcher or a listener and you've stuck around, if you've stuck around this far in this episode and you've listened to even one other episode, thank you. We appreciate you. We have a very small, I'm not even going to call it a community because we have a very small number of people listening to us, but uh, we, I appreciate every 
every little number that I see on my YouTube uh, synopsis makes me happy. So thank you all for being here. Thank you for one year. Look forward to more and more years. I don't, there's no, I don't think there's any reason to stop doing this because it's fun, even if nobody watches, which is essentially what the last year has been, so... Hey, you know, it's it's just a it's just a good time we're having regardless, right? Yep. Um, it's, it's just a new it's a new pastime for boys. Make a podcast. I know. Yeah, I have you get to, several you get friends to who have their own and, podcast. Yep. Yeah, you get to hang out with your buddy and uh, uh, read a bunch of nerd shit. What's not to exactly. like? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and we would we would be doing this anyways. We are essentially just recording the conversations we might have because we did this for years before. So true. Um, Gautam. What's your one more thing? What else have you been doing? You finished Armored Core 6 is what I heard. Yeah, so I um, it took me about 21 hours to get to Chapter 4 in Armored Core. And then uh, it took me another 6 hours uh, to beat the game 30 times. Uh, really? It was insane. It just all clicked at once, I guess. Um, yeah. But... Yeah, it was it was a fantastic game. I actually wish there was more because the gameplay was so fucking smooth. It's I love piloting good. that robot. Uh, also, the uh, the true ending, quote unquote, uh, is absolutely hilarious. And really, I need to I need to yeah. play because if it's that short, I could get through it pretty quick in this weekend. So yeah, you know what? Uh, uh, I'm like halfway through want, the if, second new game, so I have. If to you want to, like, if you want to make yeah. it even faster than what I did. You can um, just double Zimmerman, put stun needles on your shoulders, and uh, I've seen freeze that game. Strong. Yeah, they're they're insane. Yeah, I had to stop using them because they were they were just one shotting bosses. And well, and I thought uh, the songbirds like I would use double songbirds for most of the game, and I was like, wow, these are maybe just too strong. Like you stun something and you get like four grenades on them, and it's just stuff just falls over. But yeah, those needles, you know what? from I, what I, I understand, I, are even stronger. Exactly. Well, you know what? I'm I'm okay with uh, the the janky ass balance because this game doesn't feel like souls where it is supposed to be grueling and punishing. It's just mm-hmm. more of a, Hey, do cool shit and yeah, have fun sure. kind of a game. You There's know? a little bit, I, I can definitely see a little bit of the souls informing some of their bosses, but like we both kind of not like hard stuff, but we both had a couple of tries on Balteus, which is sort of the first big wall. And to me, there were like no more. That was my only wall. Yeah. But it was like, a very big one. That, that it was. Wall, yeah. yeah. It's, it uh, is, I don't know if it's disappointing. I would have liked for there to be a little bit more challenge in some of the bosses, but I... I think it like, just clicked for us too well because we spent so much time on Balteus, you know? Yeah, well, we, I mean, we and that's kind of... It. That's how Sekiro kind of was for me, is like, I got to, uh, like, the first Genichiro fight, and then once I got that, the rest of the game felt pretty easy to me. Now, I didn't do the final I, boss because I got to it and was like, nah, I don't want to do this, but... Uh, it, I felt the same way about Sekiro, except it was kind. It was still challenging for me the whole way through, but Genichiro yeah. was a hard wall, and then... Uh, I'm like, oh, this is all doable, did the rest of the game. And then I got to Ishin, uh, the Glock Saint. Hard and I'm like, this is impossible. This is impossible. Yeah. I can't do this. I did that fight once and was sort of like, hmm, this is going to take me another two or three or four or five hours. And I'm not really interested in doing that right now. So, uh, I should... he, he is so fucking hard. He's so yeah. aggressive. It's also yeah. one of those phase fights where it's like, oh, phase one is pretty hard. And phase two is even harder. And if you can get through both of those with enough healing, phase three, also very hard. So it, And it, you have to fight Genichiro before any of those phases oh so yeah it's like, it's like a four like a, phase fight yeah that is that is maybe actually no i lied because the demon of hatred in sekiro for me was also a very hard fight that 
I haven't tried that one. Okay, that took me. That is that was a weird one because all the other bosses feel very sort of precision, like oh, block them at the right time. That was just a Dark Souls boss in the middle oh, of a not Dark Souls game. Uh, well, no, it's you would think, but it's just like oh, you just can't block his moves, and you know you spent the whole game doing parries, and it's like oh, you just can't parry him. He just hits oh, you. Oh, that and, sucks. Okay, so you have to mind, yeah. you have to dodge and run around. You have to literally fight him more like a Dark Souls boss, like running and dodging. Uh, I don't even know if Sekiro has iframes. So, okay, that's weird. It does they are not much i think they're very okay. short or maybe yeah, it doesn't at all but I, and you know what speaking of iframes and not much on the dodge uh and, what's your what's your souls wars thing? games in general yeah i've been playing yeah. lies of p uh lies of p is a souls like lies of p is the the best souls like game not made by FromSoft. um like bar that, that is cool to hear i have to play that I think it's very good. I think it is. It's obviously imperfect. I think, I mean, I think all the FromSoft games have little sort of like, oh, that's annoying or, oh, I wish they didn't do that. But this is like, you can feel that these people were just like, hey, let's make a love letter to Bloodborne and put our own little spin on it, you know, and include the Pinocchio lore, question mark, which actually is kind of fun. Um, that does seem kind of fun. Yeah. But I, I have no idea what the fuck is going on here. It's, um, it's. It's setting wise. The thing I can say is that it's it's Bioshock meets Bloodborne. That sounds awesome. Yes, and there's this there's an idea of like puppets, robots, and stuff going on. And but it's I don't know. It's simplified a lot of stuff. It has a lot of the same systems from both Sekiro and Bloodborne. So this game has more of a focus on blocking and then perfect blocking, or people sometimes just say parrying. Um, if you block an attack, you take a percent of you block a percent of the damage and then you take a percent of the damage, but you can then recover that taken percent by attacking afterwards. <coughs> and so that, that that's secure born. Yeah. That's, that's, that's very, uh, that's very bloodborne rally system. And then if you perfect block, perfect parry, you take no damage and you get like a clanging noise. And if you perfect parry, a perfect block enough on an enemy, you get a chance to hit them with a strong attack and knock them down, which is very Soulsborne. So the combat feels, it feels very familiar, but it's slightly different. There's, uh, you know, they have pared down the stat system and gave them, given them stupid names. Like your strength is called like motility and oh, your that sucks. <laughs> dexterity is called, I don't even remember, like fusility. It has some stupid name. Um, also, I made a very drastic mistake in that I, Looked at the stats, I started strength, I was like, well, I don't normally do strength, and then I figured out, like, oh, there's, you know, strength, dexterity, and, like, magic, and I was like, oh, the magic stuff seems pretty cool, and I got a weapon that uses the magic, uh, so I'll just level magic. I leveled magic, and then it turns out none of the boss weapons you can get in this game, which are all the, like, really cool, like, some of them are straight-up Bloodborne, like, switch weapons. Mm-hmm. None of those, none of those scale on the magic in this game. They are all either dex or strength in some that's degree, silly. and that was, like, so disappointing. Um, yeah, that's I, very silly. And I don't know if you can uh, respec. I think you can at the end of the game, but I can't yet. So I might just level more strength. But anyways, really good game. Really cool stuff. The level design is, I would say, just as good as a Soulsborne game. It is much sort of smaller scale. The game's a lot more linear. You don't sort of get the opportunity. Just as good is a big statement because that's the best thing about Souls games. Yes. And I I think that this is, this understands that... um, and I think that, who is it? Iron Pineapple released a video that was really good about this. I could that, watch that, yeah. Yeah, he talks about how, like, 
the enemies are pretty simple, right? They just kind of do one thing. Like this guy just swings at you. This guy just throws stuff. But the really interesting thing is how do you position those in an environment? And is the environment designed well? Is the is the guy throwing stuff you know, That's behind cool. two melee guys, behind three melee guys? Is he on top of something that you have to get around to? Um, and this game like understands that. It's, it's a lot smaller scale. It's a lot more linear, but it gets the sort of idea of the level design is actually the genius behind FromSoft games. It, it it gets it and it embraces it and it does a, I think a pretty good job of emulating it. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a good game. I'm gonna keep playing it. I've heard it's only about 25 or 30 hours. I think I'm like maybe 10 in. I just beat the fourth major boss. I think there's only like maybe nine or 10 major bosses. So. Did, does he tell any lies in the game? Yeah, that's I. I don't know what the exact plot of it is, but the the other puppets have essentially the sort of Asimov robot rules, where it's like, oh, you have to protect humanity, you have to do what a human says, you can't hurt a human, um, and you can't tell a lie. And then, but oh, but the the main character who knows what his name is, nobody's told me, um, he can tell lies. That's how you sort of like. Oh, that's a fun. That's a fun concept. Yeah, so I and I think it's going to play into. Uh, I think this is. I'm pretty sure this is going sort of a Bloodborne Elden Ring way, where there's, you collect this. Your souls are called Ergo in this game, and all of the uh, puppets are powered by Ergo. And I've found like, oh, we used to you know harvest Ergo from this place, and the Ergo is put in here. And I, I'm my assumption is that Ergo is some kind of like cosmic power or magic thing that is you know bad or evil or harvested from real human souls maybe it's a, a demon souls thing i don't know I, I i think that they're going to fully fully emulate from soft in that degree where there is a oh you thought you were just collecting you know money but it's souls or some bad magic or something it, it, it is it is like it is likely something like souls because like yeah. ergo proxy was about robots and humans coexisting right and oh yeah that's i didn't think about that well, and ergo has ergo in Latin means. What does ergo mean in Latin? It means like uh, ergo is like therefore or thus. Okay, I don't know. That maybe doesn't mean anything. I don't know. It's a good game. Uh, I would say yeah. definitely don't don't magic don't level magic too hard like I did. Uh, from what I've seen, dexterity actually seems to be the best build. The strength stuff is okay though. So yeah, uh, uh, I enjoy I mean, it. I, I bet Geppetto's the final boss. He's in the game. He certainly might be. Well, it's funny. So. In Bloodborne, right, you go to the dream to level up. There's a girl who lets you level up, and then there is a man in a wheelchair. And spoilers for a game that's like almost 10 years old now. Um, that man in the wheelchair is either your final boss or your second to final boss, depending on your ending. And in Lies of P, you go to a hotel crot, and there is a girl that levels you up, and there is a woman in a wheelchair who seems kind of out of it. And my guess is she is a bad guy or a major plot point or something. <laughs> so they are not hiding how influenced they are by Bloodborne here. It is very, very Bloodborne-like. Makes sense. Nor do they need to. Yeah. Um, as long as it's good, right? Yeah, and I think it's pretty good. I'm probably going to play it right after this. So actually, I need to edit this video and then publish it tomorrow. But after that, I will I will play it. Yeah, fair. Cool. Well, anything else, Gautam, or are we getting out of here for this week? Let's get out of here. 
Thank you again, everybody, for listening or watching. Don't forget to leave us feedback in the comments, upvote, thumbs up, any positive reinforcement you can leave us. Please go do that. We appreciate it. Uh, if you want to check out a bit more manga content, you can follow me on Twitter. You can check out the White, Gray, Black channel. Um, and if you feel like giving us some money, maybe you're crazy, maybe you forgot to take your medicine this week, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash WGBmanga. You can check us out there. Give us a subscription. Um, don't forget you're part of the podcast here, Gautam. Say goodbye to everybody. Uh, you can, that's right. You can reach me on my, on my fax machine. Uh, so yes. just go ahead and send me a fax. <laughs> and I'll see you guys later. Yeah. Hey, thanks again for being with us this week. And don't forget to read more manga. <laughs>